Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest role-playing game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters, execute your own adventures, design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts or visit us at www.fourthpillarofplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. Gather round, gather round, once again, for the last time for this season, it is Tipples and Tolkien, back at it again. <laughs> My name is Eyes. And I'm Em. And yeah, this is the season finale of Rings of Power. Mm. episode is called Alloyed, and <laughs> Em and I are here to break it down, discuss it with you. We got a lot to unpack this episode. There is so much. <laughs> I hope you uh, have poured yourself a shot of Durin's mm-hmm. Bane. Yes. <laughs> Maybe enjoyed it uh, prior to. It's not a sipping drink, unfortunately, but <laughs> it is very fun. So mm-hmm. hope you got you, a kick out of it. You can find the recipe over on our Instagram and our Twitter. That is at Tipples and Tolkien for Instagram and at Tipples Tolkien on Twitter. So you can find our recipe for Durin's Bane over there. I will say the way that I was told to drink it, <laughs> the way I've always drank it, is you stick a straw in it while it's still alight and you drink it from the bottom up. Uh, if you don't fancy sticking a straw in, uh, into the flame, just put, put the flame out. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, <laughs> one or the other works, but mm-hmm. <laughs> the straw is actually pretty fun. Yeah, I've done I like, it. I've I done like it. Doing the straw. <laughs> well, hard to believe it's already the end of the season. Um, mm. Eight episodes for this first season of Rings of Power. I'm wondering if there's the future seasons are going to be ten episodes, kind of like. Most shows formats mm. at the moment. Um, Fifty yeah. hours of content is what we were told we would be getting. So that's another thing too. I brought up to him this uh, the season finale. Most season finales for shows are, are at least a little longer than what. Uh, I guess they're typical episodes, and I guess it, it kind of was a bit, but it, it wasn't it much. Wasn't longer. wasn't <laughs> much longer, no. Um, mm. So yeah, that found that to be interesting. But mm. anyway, well, shall we just do it storyline by storyline, or 
you know, chronological so. kind of order. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think storyline by storyline. That's how we've been doing it. Well, there's only two really that were presented in this episode. Two, two. We have you know Harfoot Meteor Man and Galadriel and Halbrand. So, which do we want to touch on first? I think Harfoot Meteor Man. I agree. I agree. Yeah, would probably be good. <laughs> so, what did we? What did we get to see? Oh, a bit of everything. It was. Oh, there was just this episode was very. I mean, because it's not as long as we were expecting, it just felt like everything was happening constantly. It was great. I loved it. I will say. Um, so our opening scene starts off with the Harfoots, well, with Meteor Man, technically, uh, and he's wandering around the woods, he drops his apple, and as he's chasing it, I have to say, that apple rolled far, by the way, um, and- Maybe it was pulled. Huh? Ah. Maybe it was pulled. Uh, well, Nori picks it up, but it's not Nori. Her eyes turn all white, and it is uh, the creepy crew. Sorry, well, feminine, if you will, it from the creepy matter, crew. Yeah. <laughs> feminine from the creepy crew. Yep. Yes. And yeah, I have oh the shape shifting. Loved it. Loved it. It was so cool. Really would have uh, thought that feminine was sauron like we, when we mm. saw the trailer you know we all thought oh that's yeah that's sauron right there you know just or at least the shot of of that character mm-hmm. um and uh and the shape-shifting turned out to be a huge red herring I, in a way <laughs> <laughs> but they finally spoke yep they finally spoke well not feminine the other two did mm. but yeah did yeah. did Feminine speak? I don't all? think so. Actually, I don't I think, think so. It? Yeah, I no. think it was just the other two. No, just but the other uh, two. yeah, and the one hit us with a line saying, "We've come to serve you, Lord Sauron, to meet your man." And as soon, mm. <laughs> as, soon as she said this, I went, "Nah, nah," <laughs> and I <laughs> very quickly just chimed in with, "Like, yeah, I'm not buying it either." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I was like, yeah, that's a false lead for sure. No, mm-hmm. no way. It, you know, we all thought at one point in the beginning of the show, like, oh yeah, this is a Sauron contender. The the fire around him was hot. Yada yada. Well, mm. maybe yeah. it just has to do with magic in a way. Yeah. Now, as a, because we even see Feminem grab some some fire. Off the ground with their hand and, you know, just start blowing it all around the area at one point. And, and like, you know, fire to them just doesn't, it doesn't hurt at all because they're, they're magical beings. Yeah. In a way. I don't know. That's my guess. But mm. anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. And they, they, uh, they seem to think that, Meteor Man has lost, you know, his memory mm. and that uh, he, yeah, A, he's Sauron and that he was, he was sent back from above or, or something along those lines. They, they said a, a specific line that referenced him being sent back by, you know, 
the gods via meteor. That begs the question, what were they thinking that, that Sauron mm. ascended to the heavens? Yeah. <laughs> and then got kicked out of, you know, <laughs> space or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, they're like, oh, he just needs he just needs to be told who he is again. And and they start doing some some stuff to his brain. He kind of demonstrates his his whirlwind power again. Mm. While he's he's, you know, being uh, meddled with, they knock him out essentially, and they kind of did, did they start like tying him to like a tree or something? I I couldn't. <laughs> well, they uh, they remembered, or well, so so the Harfoots. Wow. Uh, you had Nori, Poppy, Sadok, and Nori's mom, mm-hmm. and they were nearby. To come to his rescue. Yes. And the, the the creepy crew heard them. And then, you know, they put their plan into action. They didn't, they didn't, it would appear that they tied up Meteor Man, but. Y- yes. Yeah. Was um, it Meteor But Man? it was not. It was, it was. She, feminine. She was, <laughs> she was. <laughs> She shapeshifted into it's Meteor Man. It's basically Mystique from X-Men. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, oh, that was cool though. I just, oh, I can't get over the shapeshifting effect. That was really cool. Very I definitely well hope we see more of that in season mm. two. Because that was, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, but yep. Oh. Um, as she shapeshifted from Meteor Man back into her own body. Um, I think that's when Sadak appeared right behind her and um, one of the other creepy crew kind of, well, hit him with a blade. That made me very sad to see. And it would appear these other two members, you know, their magical powers do not include shape-shifting or, Mm. you know, fire-bending, but uh, appear to be able to throw knives accurately as well as... uh, speak with with a very un- unsettling and loud voice mm. um i will say watching it on head with headphones on uh there was they sort of use like a binaural audio effect in which the voice was kind of going back and forth from your left ear to your right ear mm. when whenever they were speaking i thought that was very intriguing just to make it sound like it was it was echoing all around yeah. Almost psychic in a way, but <laughs> they were actually, I mean, their mouths were moving when they were speaking, so. Mm. Mm. Oh, I mean, I've, we've totally forgot this. We finally learned about the constellation. Um, yes. The hermit's hat. Mm. And it's it's only visible from a location in Middle Earth known as Rune. And Rune is off to the east. If you look at a map of Middle Earth, you will see it there. And not a lot of it is known about the east, but it is known that in the east uh, there are a lot of Sauron and Morgoth sympathizers, mm-hmm. sort of like the Southlands, but probably in greater number. The Easterlings, who were featured in the Two Towers and the Return of the King film, they are from there. Maybe they belong to some kind of Sauron worshiping cult. Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Like, I, I still kind of 
feel they could have been maybe a little more than human, just with kind of everything that we've mentioned so far, but then kind of what happens later on in the story. Oh, yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk about it. Yeah, there's yeah. a the the Harfoots are getting hurt. They're getting scared mm-hmm. away by the flames. They're they're in, you know, dire peril. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Meteor Man, he can he can speak. Better. Oh yeah. <laughs> and Nori manages to grab the staff from Feminem and give it to Meteor Man. Um and we kind of noticed earlier in the fight that like, you know, Meteor Man was holding his own with his powers at first, but then, you know, the staff is is what caused Feminem to kind of overpower him initially. Mm-hmm. So when he got the staff, they they, they were kind of screwed. Oh yeah. He he drops a line which I mean, given at the time his somewhat basic speech, you know, it made sense, but it was still kind of cheesy in its execution. He was just like, I'm good. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) What did you think about that? (laughs) I didn't know, to be honest. I kind of didn't really pick up on it being cheesy in my brain. I was just like, oh, yeah, like he's he's still not able to speak like full sentences mm. so i was kind of like yeah whatever right just me too man stuff um but then he, but then he just, starts talking about like you came from the shadow and, and the shadow is where you'll go back to I'm like, yes okay, nah. from shadow you came from shadow you return <laughs> like okay he can <laughs> yeah his brain's working again <laughs> mm. so yeah so no when he when he actually said that from shadow you came but um, that's when the creepy crew turned around and one of them said, he's not Sauron, he is the other, the Eastar. I was very pleased to hear that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so? Well, Eastar is referring to Istari, which means wizards. Mm-hmm. So Istar means wizard. And yes. at his confirmation that Meteor Man is one of the several wizards that appear in Middle Earth. Yay. And uh, I was a, yeah, I mean, we all kind of, when I say we, I mean us who are more familiar with the lore, all kind of guessed that already, mm-hmm. as well as you who have been listening and we've been talking about it with you. Um, but it was a nice confirmation. Yeah, it was and, nice to have the uh, confirmation instead of us just kind of having that guessing game <laughs> still mm-hmm. like, is he one of the wizards? Yeah. So. Oh, and he and he he hit them with the spell, and it, this this was it was an extremely cool shot. I I mm-hmm. even told him it was kind of beautiful how how look how it looked, but like we see them, they almost look like ring wraiths do whenever Frodo mm-hmm. puts the ring on. Mm-hmm. And there's there's been some talk about this um, online already amongst the community. Uh, we're not really sure what the, the creepy crew exactly, you know, what, what they are. They could be lesser wraiths of some sort. They could be byproducts of Sauron's early experiments of, you know, like when he was meddling with the seen and the unseen world, 
Mm-hmm. They they could be um, lesser Maiar that we don't know about. It's it's not. They they could be whites. If you read the Fellowship of the Ring book, mm-hmm. uh, you would be familiar with the Barrow. <clears throat> sorry, the Barrow whites that uh, Frodo and company encounter on the way to Bree. But mm-hmm. point is, we're not exactly sure what they are. Or and we're not really sure if Meteor Man like kills them or he just kind of banishes them. Mm. But it was very pretty. I mean, with the, it was very the cool. like the butterflies and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, very. It was very, very cool. nice spectacle. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, that is what made me think. Like, oh, I don't think they're just like, just like you know, men who practice, you know. Magic, so to speak. They definitely um, appear to be more than just humans who yeah. dabble in magic. Mm-hmm, yeah, there was a sure. there was a lot of power behind them. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I definitely think there was more to them than that. But uh, yeah, I I'm sad that we didn't get to see more of them because when the trailer initially dropped and we saw them, I was like, oh my god! And of course, initially, I was like, that's Sauron. I was hoping they would be introduced way earlier and we'd see more of them. Um, so I am sad we didn't get to see much of them, but I'm hopeful maybe we will in the future see some similar kind of characters. Yeah, either them or, uh, or something similar yeah, yeah. when they go to the East. Yeah, maybe actually find out what they were would be kind of nice at some point. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, no, very, very cool. Enjoyed that a lot. R.I.P. Sadok, you were uh, oh. you were a very interesting Harfoot to watch oh, and listen to. Yeah, that mm. was sad. <laughs> the last that little sunrises. Yeah. I was really, really, really hoping that Me Too Man was going to turn around and do some magic, and <laughs> Sadok was going to live. But no, I was that saying was that too. I'm like, thinking. <laughs> we just find him like a shallow pool. And mm-hmm. just kind of gently dip him in and kind of, you know, freeze it like he did to his arm yeah. <laughs> earlier in the season. But I, I guess not. So. No. No, right, that was Adam. sad. It was yeah. very sweet, sweet, like, you know, he was there and they all sat with him. Like, that was very, like, it was very moving. Um, mm. Yeah. Oh, I loved Sadik. <laughs> so. We had a... Uh, well, the one of the longest goodbye sequences, <laughs> I think. Now, granted, this was toward the end of the episode. Like mm-hmm. this didn't all happen at once, as as you know, since you have seen the show yourself. Um, but my God, I I, was, <laughs> I turned to M and I'm just like, okay, can this please move along? So many tears. So many, you know, long goodbyes from yeah, when, when long. Nori decided she was going to be going on the quest with uh, with Meteor Man, like, mm-hmm. bye to the family, bye to these other Harfoots, and then bye to Poppy, and then bye to Poppy again. Like, <laughs> the second okay. bye to Poppy, I was like, oh, for God's sake, come on. Yeah, they just kept saying <laughs> things back and forth to each other, and I'm just like... Yeah. Okay, yeah. is this where the Frodo and Sam thing happens? Yeah, and me she's too. like, yeah. she says, you know, of course you are, and I'm coming with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> ugh. 
Yeah. <laughs> Who I, knows? I, maybe she'll appear along the path, right? I yeah, I would imagine she would, but I <laughs> with the goodbye being as long as it was, like in my head I was like, okay, she's gotta go with her now. Because if not, I'm gonna be real mad about how long this scene was. <laughs> like the whole time I was just like, please just turn around and be like, oh no, I'm gonna come with you. But yeah, no. That was but, a very, very long goodbye. <laughs> and uh yeah, Meteor Man. He says he's, you know, remembering bits and pieces about, I guess, himself. And he can speak Mm -hmm. very eloquently now. He's going to go to the East Mm -hmm. and find out what's going on in regards to, to him and the world. That seems to be his idea of finding answers because the Valar have clearly erased his memory and uh yeah have, have left him with with nothing <laughs> so <laughs> yeah pretty much it, canonically you know in the in the books and the lore uh the wizards came to middle earth um very you know clear on their missions mm. they, they were not they, they didn't have their minds wiped <laughs> when they crossed over <laughs> mm. So that that's been an interesting way of telling it, uh, but mm-hmm. I guess all in all, the point was to kind of like you know this this wizard land amongst a a group of good people, well, relatively good people, and and kind of start him on a path of of righteousness and not one of you know evil. Mm-hmm. So, as we've seen, uh, even lesser gods are able to be corrupted in this universe. So maybe that was yeah. their point of telling it that way. And then he says a line. What does he say? Um, he says <laughs> a line. He says, "When in doubt, Eleanor Brandyfoot, always follow your nose." And <sighs> if you maybe remembered from the, the Fellowship. Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, one wizard in particular, Gandalf, <laughs> says that to Mary in Moria. Mm-hmm. Now, this is uh, this is not confirmation that it's Gandalf. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm talking like I, I am not an authority figure on this. I don't work for Amazon, obviously. I I have mixed feelings about it. I do. Um, I have very mixed feelings. <laughs> I I, uh, I want to hear yours first. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. So my initial my initial feeling when we heard that line, I was real. I was real mad. I was like, no, I don't want this to be Gandalf. <laughs> I really don't want this to be Gandalf. Obviously, it's somebody everybody knows. So I think in discussion, eyes, you said like, oh yeah, you know, I get why they would do it because. It's like familiar to, you know, people that maybe don't know the lore and, you know, the whole history, etc. Um, as much. And it's kind of an easy way, I guess, to get like newer audiences, you know, like, oh, it's Gandalf. But yeah, no, I'm gonna be mad about it if it is. <laughs> because so he doesn't arrive until the third age. So we have a very good opportunity to have one of the blue wizards who did arrive in the second age right in front of us. So I'm going to be 
kind of sad to see them not take that opportunity when they've got it. And also, there is a lot of opportunity with a blue wizard for them to kind of just take the story in almost like any direction with that blue wizard because we don't know that much about them. So, yeah, it it just it would seem like the wise move to make it a blue wizard. So. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm still hopeful it's not Gandalf. I now will no longer be shocked if it is Gandalf, but I'm hoping it's not. I'm pretty much, you know, right there alongside you. Mm-hmm. Um, while, yeah, again, say, saying what you said, what I said, <laughs> that I, I understand <laughs> that they're bringing a fan favorite in. They have this opportunity to tell stories about new characters and you know new wizards that we aka yeah the blue wizards that we we don't know anything about so here's the thing there's still a chance that this is a blue wizard or a different wizard perhaps Mm -hmm. this could still be saruman for all we know and gandalf maybe heard that phrase from Sauron at some point and, you know, told, you know, Mary that line later on down the road. Mm. We don't know. Um, we're obviously in the hopeful camp that this is <laughs> someone else. And uh, we'll just have to <laughs> wait and see. Unfortunately, <laughs> the thing also about, him being Gandalf now two things because we didn't know he would be deciding to travel to the East until this episode. Um, It adds a whole nother layer of kind of complexity. If, if it is in fact Gandalf, because in the lore, all written lore, Gandalf has never traveled to the East. Mm -hmm. He has never had any purpose there. He's, pretty much remained in the north and he's gone as far south as about Gondor. That's mm-hmm. it. Like he, he, you know, Mirkwood, Lonely Mountain, Misty Mountains, Arnor, Eriador, like that area, that's all him. But he, he don't go further east than that. He has no desire to, because I mean, we had Saur, sorry, Sauron and the blue wizards out in the east at different times. So like, mm-hmm. They, they would just be rewriting his story completely in that regard. And mm-hmm. also, when Gandalf arrives, I mean, he's technically not supposed to arrive until the Third Age. And when he arrives, he's supposed to meet with a guy known as Círdan the Shipwright, who we don't even know if is going to show up in this mm-hmm. show or not. Uh, he's kind of an important elf. And uh, he is given... One of the rings of power, the elven rings of power, for him to aid him in his mission while he's here in Middle Earth. So, when is when and how is that going to happen? Mm. Uh, we don't know. So yeah. there's there's clashing things here if it is Gandalf, but we at least at the very least we have confirmation that he is a wizard. Mm-hmm. According to Creepy Crew, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not Sauron, and um, 
We'll just have to wait and see. Maybe we'll get to see some cool stuff out in the east and in the rune, finally, yeah. which we've never seen on screen before. So yes, yeah, that'd be cool. And and no more, no more filler Harfoot stuff, right? Hopefully, <laughs> maybe we'll see. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I know they're <laughs> cute and lovable and, you know, weird, but like, again, like I said last time, I know the <laughs> uh, uh, Harfoots, what a cute little vehicle they were. <laughs> well, Nori is definitely going to get up to some, to some trouble, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that was uh, the conclusion of that storyline there mm-hmm. so uh well before we oh. well see i mm-hmm. realized we did say there was two but technically there's three just a very small portion but we did see a little bit of um tom ariel and elendil oh, going back right. into numenor we can discuss that yes we can yeah discuss. i mean it was very brief there isn't as much to say as there is for the other two storylines um but we see them returning to Numenor. Yeah, they they <laughs> they have a chat on the ship, <laughs> which we found we found quite comforting to hear. Um, essentially, we see Elendil and Tom Muriel talking about kind of being faithful, and it appears that despite how we thought Elendil was feeling towards Galadriel last episode, he still hasn't kind of lost faith. And that was real nice to see, because I was worried about that a little bit last week. With the character adjustments they've done, um, I don't know if you remember us talking about it earlier in our show. Um, There's, you know, kind of two... Two eventual factions in uh, in Numenor. I mean, there's the faithful who are, you know, honoring the traditional ways of the Valar. And uh, we're already told in the show that, like, in the west of Numenor, western Numenor, there's it's where the faithful seem to be dwelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's where Lendil and his family are from. The other faction is is known as the the King's Men, who are sort of the anti-faithful. And we kind of got a brief glimpse of that this season, you mm-hmm. know, when uh, a lot of the anti-Elven sentiment uh, in the streets. We're already catching a brief glimpse, too, because af- after, before and after uh, that conversation you mentioned um, with uh, Muriel and Elendil. Mm-hmm. We have Arfarazon asking the architects to design, well, I guess it would be a tomb for Tar Palantir, the king, mm-hmm. one that would, you know, immortalize him. And uh, remember this because it's very symbolic and it's uh, in a way foreshadowing. I'm not going to say anything more than that, <laughs> but. I mean, if you want to find out, read the books. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was that was very crucial. Now, the whole thing with Elendil's daughter discovering the Palantir. Mm. Not really sure what what that's supposed to lead to. I mean, Elendil's daughter here, she's she's made up for the show. Yeah. She she wasn't in 
the books. So maybe she's going to see the same thing that Miriel saw with the that giant wave mm-hmm. crashing over Numenor. I don't know. Maybe yeah. she's going to see something different, but something's going to happen. So mm-hmm. wait, we didn't get to see this episode, but um, yeah. Oh, and well, R.I.P. Tar Palantir. You lived yes. a good life. And uh, you appear to have passed away. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When I when we first saw the scene of all the the architects sitting around his bed <laughs> and uh, our Farazon was talking about him, I'm like, oh, man, he died. That sucks. <laughs> I guess they're, you know, they're just looking upon him, him and one last time to design this. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. <laughs> And then, and then he died. He died. <laughs> uh, I felt I felt bad there. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I didn't expect it to happen in the same episode. Oh <laughs> uh, well. R.I.P. Tar Palantir. Yes. Seemed like a good dude. Mm. But yeah, that's gonna it's gonna make there's gonna be a lot of changes in Numenor now. And he's gone. So definitely going to see more of that next season as well. Yes. And And Isildur is still out there too. So anyway, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll get to that. Um, Well, yeah, our last bit of discussion. And I'm really excited about this one. (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I mean... Miraculously, Halbrand survives a six-day ride nonstop to Eregion without <laughs> dying. He looks like he's about to die. And we get to see some elvish medicine at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's healed. He's, he's yeah. good to go. But Gil-Galad comes. And, uh, I mean, they're surprised that Galadriel is back. But they don't seem... That surprised, I guess. Yeah. I, don't know, I thought there would be more of a reaction. I'm like, what the heck? You're supposed to be in Valinor. What are you doing here? Yeah. But, it was more of a like, oh, uh, hey. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, at first they, they seem to have this idea of the Mithril being turned into a crown for mm-hmm. Gil-Galad to wear. He Gil Galad doesn't seem too thrilled on the idea, and when they start to implement it, uh, well, it doesn't really seem to go according to plan. Now, mm-hmm. one thing to note here as well: Halbrand makes an exceptionally speedy recovery, mm-hmm. and uh, he meets Celebrimbor, and yes. we already know that Halbrand loves smithing stuff. Mm, and he's and, nosing around in that workshop of Kellebrembos. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, <laughs> what's the line, Em? What's the line that he says? Oh, the really good one. Is that what you're on about? <laughs> the one where I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay. This just. He, um, I, I, I think he offered, did he offer him some advice? And that's when he said it. I'm trying to get my bearings on. Why he was, he, offering, said it. <laughs> he was offering him advice about uh, 
using That's... lesser metals to bind with the, oh. the mithril to enhance its power or something to like merge it together. Mm-hmm. And he says, you can call it a gift. Yeah. Oh. And all the, all the, all the book fans, oh. you know, we just, we just were like, you know, there it is. Just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, oh. I was just as soon as that line came out of his mouth, I was like, "Oh my god, (laughs) there it is! It's him." More on that. More on that in a (gasps) minute. Um, (laughs) So they try to make this crown, and it fails. And the there's even an explosion at some point, which miraculously nobody gets hurt. There's also a line mentioned. I think it's by Celebrimbor to Gilgalad. He basically quotes Adar. In saying that, um, what was it like? Bind the flesh or something? Not of the flesh, but over the flesh of the yes, unseen that's what world. It is. Yes, that mm-hmm. you you wrote it down. I did not. I did. <laughs> and um, yeah, Galadriel hears this and it's just like, mm. hold the phone. That's what Adar said to me in the barn. Mm. Um, are you Adar? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, immediately she immediately she gets super sus, and mm. and she asks starts, if he'd heard it from Hellbrand, right? She said, "Have you spoken well, to Hellbrand?" She's, she's like, "Who? Who? Yeah, yeah." He's like, "Oh, yeah, uh, yeah." Mm. <laughs> Man, one of my smiths said it. I think when you're talking, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Sure, okay. <laughs> and then she finds that that elven robot. He's like an android. You know? <laughs> Our records do not go back that far. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and requests, you know, records because she's like, okay, how brand is, uh, I thought I trusted him, but no, he's super weird now. Okay. Like, and uh, looks up his lineage. She gets, she eventually gets it. We don't know how long this, this time period is in, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this more in a minute, but um, we don't know how long this time period is that mm-hmm. they're all in Eregion for, but uh, it seems like a couple of days in the show mm-hmm. could be weeks for all we know. But eventually, you know, Halbrand comes to Galadriel and it's just like, hey, yo, we're gonna make two objects, not just one, they're gonna be smaller. And right as he's about to tell her what they're gonna make, Galadriel calls him out and is just like, hey, yo, mm-hmm. you're not the king. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I never, I mean, I, I never really said it was. <laughs> I, I told you I found it on a dead guy. It's like, um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, she, she weren't buying it. Uh-uh. Oh, oh. oh this and whole scene call, is incredible. She calls, <laughs> uh, she calls him out. Mm-hmm. Who are you really? And then oh. he's oh, the best line in the whole show. Yeah, this line was fucking legendary. It was pretty good. I've been awake since the breaking of the first silence. In that time, I have had many names. Oh, Oh, as a fan, you love to hear it. And that that right there was the confirmation that Mm -hmm. I, not just me, other people too. I'm not responsibility for this. Confirmation. But that Hal Brand is in fact. The Dark Lord Sauron. Sauron. And oh my God. Galadriel takes a swing with the knife 
He grabs her. He he just you know deflects that super easy, and we get you know firsthand perspective of what it's like to be to be you know I guess Jedi mind tricked in a way, <laughs> but wrong universe here. Uh, Sauron mind tricked. Yes. <laughs> Oh, the mind games were so well done. Mm, it was so yes. cool. First tries to mess with her as her brother. Mm-hmm. That don't work. Then it's back nope. on the raft. Oh, that raft scene was... Oh. Chef's kiss. It was incredible. Mm. Loved it. The, ref- the reflection of Galadriel mm. and Sauron in the water. Yeah. That was, that was so cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he even like basically decides to try to persuade her. Now, does he actually have feelings for Galadriel? Probably not. Mm -mm. Does he see (laughs) her value as a powerful, like being? Yes. And he wants to, to capitalize on that. Mm -hmm. So he, he, Starts. He, he, this is the initial temptation, similar to the temptation that she experienced with the One Ring, and he even starts talking about her being a queen and uses the line, you know, stronger than the foundations of the earth, which she herself says when she is by the mirror with Frodo, mm-hmm. and Frodo is offering her the ring thousands of years later. Oh, that was also mm-hmm. a really nice callback there. Um, but she resists. She resists the temptation. Mm-hmm. Get that look at evil Sauron face when they're like practically scream spitting at each other. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, yeah. And his face Creepy. just progressively gets more evil. And mm. then you see him with like the slits in his eye, like, you know, what the eye of, Sau- eye of Sauron looks like. Oh my god! Oh, amazing, amazing. She treatment. she thinks she's drowning, but then she's brought up from the water. It looks like she just fell into the pond, mm. rescued by Elrond. She comes at him, thinking she's still you know being deceived. Elrond, you know, is like, no, it's it's me. It's all good. Yeah. She doesn't say anything more, other than like that. Halbrand is gone. And that he is no, he is not to be treated mm-hmm. here, like by the elves, any longer. Yeah, but leaves it at that, which I found kind of odd, because mm. she's in this show. We've seen her; she's been very adamant about getting her point across to everyone. You know, yeah, she's she's had to convince a lot of people, a lot of different things. She's argued with a lot of people this show, but in in this, she she just all she's oh he's not to be treated any longer. That's yeah. it. Yeah, strange, strange. Yeah, and Elrond himself, he had to find out for himself mm-hmm. that Halbrand wasn't who he said he was by going back to the pond and finding the scroll in the water with his you know supposed lineage. Yeah, that was that was odd. But Galadriel then has this idea. You know, Sauron's idea was to have two rings and, Mm. you know, we think that one was for him, one was for her. Wedding rings. And (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and uh, Galadriel's like, no, make three. And uh, the three elven rings are thus forged. Naria, Vilya, and Nenya. So yeah, we have our first set of rings of power thus created. Yes, we do. And they look beautiful. <laughs> very, very nicely done. And again, we don't know how long it took them in actuality. It seemed like they were just made in one afternoon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they were there. Yeah. And then last but not least, oh, the shot of the piece of mithril going into Ooh, the, the molten yeah. metal. Look Looking like, like that. the eye of Sauron. Ooh. Yeah. Very spooky. Yeah, it was cool. But speaking of the eye, we, we get a, a look um, at Halbrand. Well, Sauerbrand. Sauerbrand. Yes, Sauerbrand. Sauerbrand, as people are calling him now. Um, standing at the borders of Mordor in an ominous black cape. Mm-hmm. Looking with a with a, a smug look on his face at Mount Doom, then walking towards it. So it seems, yeah, he's he he did in fact leave Eregion and uh, is back to the land he wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's, he's off to go and forge his one ring now. That is very possible. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, where the show leaves off. And um, yeah, fun fact, the song at the end, it's weird to hear it in song form, but it's the um, it's it's what was written about the Rings of Power in the Lord of the Rings books. Mm-hmm. It's like the verse yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a, it's like a, it's it's a, like a rhyme, but it's I don't know. Like I said, I've never heard it in song form before. So that was intriguing, but yeah. Well, it was a lot. It was it was a lot. Um, thoughts about it overall? Well, I, I I think we've mainly given a lot of our thoughts about the the meteor man and and some of the you know the Eregion stuff already, but the at least to me the whole Eregion plot felt very rushed. I agree. Uh, it did. Yeah. It was very compressed. Um, very compressed. But, I mean, I can understand why, I guess. It was the season finale. They wanted to do it. But, yeah, it was, it was compressed. I mean, I'm not mad about it, honestly, because I really loved that episode. <laughs> um, it leaves a lot of questions about timeline in terms of the other rings um so yeah there's questions there about it have they been made or are they yet to be made yeah we have 16 other rings that are supposed to be made and Mm -hmm. there ain't no way they're skipping over that Mm -hmm. because uh while the dwarven rings are not as prominent in the you know the written lore the nine rings are obviously extremely important because the nine 
you know, men who wear them become the Nazgul. So it it's very important that those be made. Now the what what M you know brought up is is a good question. Have they been made yet or are they yet to be made? In the lore, Sauron makes these rings with Celebrimbor, these 16 rings, the dwarven and the, the rings of men. He makes them with Celebrimbor, but he, he is in a disguise. Again, there is no Halbrand in in the written lore. It's 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 totally different. But mm-hmm. he's still in disguise. Did he make them? Yeah. Did he make them already with him? Or is he going to come back in a different disguise? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't, we don't know yet how they plan on doing this in the show. Is he just mm-hmm. going, or is he just going to make them in Mount doom by himself and send them out? I would be surprised. Not really, not really sure. If he went back to Eregion, even under a different disguise, because, I mean, at least Galadriel and Elrond, their guards are up, and well, I guess Celebrimbor in a way, because Galadriel said, you know, if he returns, not to treat him, so surely he would be a little bit wary of someone Mm -hmm. new coming in. So I would be surprised if he came in under a different disguise and managed to convince Celebrimbor to make all these rings with him again. Mm-hmm. I say again, you know, almost again, I guess. So, I don't know. I'm kind of wondering if the rings have been made already and it's it was kind of done, I say in secret, technically in secret, on purpose. Um, Because now he's over at Mount Doom and he's going to probably go and make the one ring. And I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if these rings had somehow like kind of been made between Elbrand and Celebrimbor kind of more in secret. And maybe that's why Celebrimbor was all flustered when Galadriel's like, have you been speaking to Halbrand? And he's like, oh, no, no I, th- I think I heard it from one of my smiths. I don't know. There maybe. was like a weird, the way he reacted to that question was weird. So I'm like, there's some kind of, there's, there's something there that we've not seen is the impression that I got from his reaction. Yeah. And again, um, the, the whole like time compression and kind of rushy feeling of Eregion didn't, didn't really help clarify mm-hmm. that, make it, make it easy to interpret. So it, the other thing too, in the, in the lore, uh, when Sauron is disguised working with Celebrimbor, he spends literally hundreds of years there in Eregion making these rings. So that's obviously not going to (laughs) happen as Halbrand, a man and be like, Hmm, you're a dude. You've been alive for a very long time. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I I do not know how they're going to go about that. I'll be curious to see how they do reintroduce it. One thing I will say, though, if he does return to Eregion under a different, like, guise, he, uh, we already know that um, Celebrimbor is very susceptible to flattery. Yeah. I mean, Halbrand was flattering the hell out of Celebrimbor 
And sure enough, he was right there alongside him, you know, proposing ideas for the rings of power. If Sauron did return under, you know, a new form and Elrond and Galadriel were not there and he just flattered the hell out of Celebrimbor, then maybe he would be able to work with him again. Mm, So that's a possibility. True. Not sure yet, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see either way. I think we were both very impressed with how they ended up doing the reveal. It wasn't just a spoken mm-hmm. thing like, you're Lord Sauron, aren't you? <laughs> how did you know? Yeah. And that was it. Like, no, it was very well done. It was a very nice sequence to sit through and watch. And mm-hmm. I rewatched it again. This Well, we rewatched it again this morning. Yeah, it was cool. I loved it. Now, I guess... We had that. Well, that certainly dashes, you know, the other theories I had about Disa and uh, the horse, of course. The yeah. horse. I still think it might be the horse. Maybe know. the horse is going to go in disguise. <laughs> 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 That's going to be Sauron's next disguise. <laughs> oh, that'd be great, huh? <laughs> They're, uh, I don't know, theory-wise to discuss some of the the things that are the loose ends here. Um, I mean, there's really not much to discuss for Numenor. I mean, Em and I already know where where the story is relatively heading, even though they're doing it in sort of a different manner. Well, we have Isildur and his horse. I'm assuming that the horse is going to rescue Isildur somehow. Mm. Get him out of Mordor. And hopefully back to Numenor. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe it they will it'll it'll like be a chance to kind of have Isildur discover the region of Gondor as he's traveling yeah, through there true. and be like, wow, this would be a nice place to live someday, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's that loose end there. I don't know. Do we want to consider Bronwyn and Arandir and Theo a loose end as well? Mm. I suppose in a way. Might pop up again. I mean, I, th- I think they'll pop up again. Uh, unless they are just now living happily ever after. Mm. <laughs> Which would be nice, you know? Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Unfortunately, oh, I doubt there's... that's the case, but... <laughs> There's also Adar and Waldreg and the uh, yeah. well Adar's orcs in of Mordor course. now. Oh, Sauron's probably going to have a run-in with him at some point then. That will not be pretty. Nope. Oh yeah, we're we're, mm. <laughs> we're hopefully going to get to hear the full backstory of uh, what happened. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Maybe we'll see Halbrand. You know. Play some mind tricks on uh, Adar, perhaps. Mm, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to, I think. Oh, and I mean, the dwarves as well. Like, oh, we saw that the leaf, you know, seemed to briefly awaken the Balrog. Again, I don't think, well, we both don't think that, you know, the... The doom of Moria is, is happening now. 
it's way mm. too early for that. No, I think I but. think it's just kind of planted the seed. Um, I mean, we've got a few seasons of this show, and oh, yeah. a lot has been covered in just one season. So I'm wondering how much time is going to pass from, say, like the beginning to like the end of the show. Mm. Like, we could see the Balrog again, maybe towards the end of the show, or I don't know, maybe it will reappear in the next season. Mm. I don't know. But it's at least planted the seed for kind of yeah the future. One important <laughs> thing, we do need to see the doors of Moria being made. Ooh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, this isn't, this isn't really a spoiler at all, but Celebrimbor works with the dwarves to make that door. Mm. Like, it's, uh, it, that, that door is like iconic mm-hmm. and it, it has to be made at some point. So we, we know for sure that we're hopefully going to be revisiting that in one of the subsequent seasons of the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, we've already talked about, you know, blue wizard and, uh, mm-hmm. well, hopeful blue wizard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to say Gandalf, but it, it's probably going to be Gandalf. No, I, I'm still refusing to say Gandalf until, you know. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see what they say. But Until he comes already. out with my name is Gandalf, I'm like in denial that it's Gandalf <laughs> for the time being. Yeah, it would have to be the people of Rune calling him that because Gandalf mm-hmm. is actually the, um, like the common tongue name for him from men. Right. Uh, in Valinor, he was known as uh, Olorin. Mm-hmm. Olorin, sorry. And uh, the elves called him Mithrandir. So, yep. it would have it. Yeah, we'll see what they end up calling him in the East. Mm-hmm. But if they say Palando, I'm going to be like, Ayo? <laughs> or Alatar or whatever. One of the blue, one of the blue wizard names. There's multiple names for them, as I mentioned earlier. But um, any uh, other loose ends? Well, I mean, we already kind of know what's set to happen in the northern regions. We're not going to delve into that too much because you know, if you don't want to read the lore, then we don't want to spoil it for you. There's not too much to to theorize mm-hmm. there on that aspect. But I guess the one theory or question we have is: Are we gonna are we going to meet Caliborn next season? Is is oh, uh, Galadriel damn, yeah. going to go to Lothlorien and maybe whole find idea find of it being waiting. like one of the ending scenes where she's like reunited? That was absolutely trashed in this last episode. So. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, yep. they can yep. only cram so much in. I suppose he just he just needs to he needs to make an appearance, please. Mm. Maybe we'll really? get to see Rivendell next season. Ooh, mm. ooh, that would be great. That would be pretty. Mm-hmm. Mm. We didn't really see that much of Lyndon. No. Now that I think about it, yeah. Um, no. Lots lots of places still yet to be seen and uh, mm. lots of character potentials, fingers mm-hmm. crossed, to uh, come on the screens in the next season or so. So well, they've yeah, they've already started. Uh, they've already started filming mm-hmm. the next mm-hmm. season. Hopeful that it's out by this time next year. Yes. Who knows? There's obviously a lot of production 
that has to go into it. Maybe now that now that now that COVID won't be getting in the way of production so much as it was before, then it'll move faster. But I mean, you'll you'll hear from us as soon as we get confirmation on a release date, for sure. Oh, we're gonna yeah. be we're gonna be analyzing the heck out of uh, <laughs> any trailers or screenshots oh, yeah. we get. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait! I can't <laughs> wait. Yes, but yeah, it's been a fantastic first season with all of you. It's been wonderful. It has. I've loved doing these little dives into each episode every week and being able to share our thoughts with everybody and hearing feedback from everyone as well. It's been it's been really fun. And the drinks. And the drinks have been great. <laughs> I have Can't complain about the drinks. Come up with some new recipes. Oh yeah. Uh for next season. Now we um we're obviously not going to be continuing the show weekly as there are no episodes to go over weekly. Mm-hmm. We don't have a set schedule for releasing content between now and when the next season of the show comes out. However, we will be doing stuff in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And we we don't know when yet, <laughs> but if you follow our socials, then you'll see us giving you a heads up about it. Oh, yeah. You're definitely going to hear from us before the next season comes out. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> we, we're we're not, not going to go radio silent. No, we're going to be here and we're, uh, we, we got some stuff in the works to kind of pop back in. Check in have, with you all. I have then. many ideas. <laughs> we'll see if M is down to do them as well. But. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, thank you again mm-hmm. so, so much from the bottom of our hearts for, for joining us along this ride. We hope you enjoyed this season as much as we did. And uh, here's to... Uh, the next one and so on and so forth (laughs) yes thank you so much again and uh yeah you'll hear from us soon and as they say amongst the elves we don't say goodbye we say namarie